is the Sideline Insights with Rola. Hello everyone, welcome to another episode of Sideline Insights. And as usual, I am your host, Rola. Guys, I got a very beautiful email yesterday and it just shows that my podcast is number two is sports category in nigeria guys i am buzzing i am so so happy man i cannot thank you all enough for your support so far your love everything i mean this podcast thing started like a joke i was like i just tweeted on x that i'm hosting the podcast very soon and will you guys listening and before i knew it i was asking for name suggestions and guys we are here Number two in Nigeria is not small and just five episodes in. Man, thank you guys so much, so much, so much. I am so, 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 so happy. I cannot stop smiling. Guys, I am just buzzing because it just feels like the start of something great to come. Before you know, we will blow number one worldwide. So thank you guys. I just want you guys to know that you can also write back to me if you have any suggestions, any topic for me to explore. You can write back to me at sidelineinsightisroller at gmail.com. I'll be expecting your messages and I'm looking forward to respond and interact with you all. Before I go into what, into what we have for today, let me just introduce my guests. These are massive, massive Chelsea fans I have interacted with over the past, is it past, the past few years, basically. In fact, like anytime Chelsea loses or win, I just go to their page, interact with them, try to see what they have to say about certain players, matches, anything. It's just so nice. The first person I have with me here is Sheon. God, Sheon, guys. Sheon has literally helped me a lot, guys. I remember when I started writing my, when I wrote my first article, Sheon was the person that gave me topic to write on and since then i had to build on it even though i don't really write anymore but yeah she has been really really good to me so hi Shion, how are you hi Rola. i'm good um yes uh it has been long we met uh, i think a few years ago let's see i can't remember is it 2019 ish or really appeared but it has been really wonderful our relationship so it's good to be here and it's good to see how far you've come and how far Sideline Insights has really done so wonderful. So I'm so happy. Thank you so much. And guys, Sheon used to do this uh, tactical review threads on X every time. So even when Chelsea loses, Sheon will still drop it. I mean, just really nice to see people do their stuff and be consistent at it. And the next person I have with me here today is Tolani. Tolani is also one person that I go to to interact. And it's just so beautiful that both of us always share similar opinions on anything relating to Chelsea. And back then, when I used to host Chelsea Space, just Mr. Tolani, Tolani, oh, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, come and do coast for me, oh, yeah, oh, yeah. Let's talk, let's talk about Chelsea. So, hi, Tolani, how are you? Um, I'm fine. I'm, <laughs> I'm excited to be here once again. And, it, like, during those days, like you said, the, the time that we used to, you know, Host those spaces back to back. It was always fun to like discuss with people and like you know express our opinions and people cry, people laugh. You know, it was always fun. So yeah, I'm excited. I'm I'm so happy that um, your podcast is like you know breaking bounds, like going forward. You know, is pushing boundaries actually for a lot of like different reasons. 
you know. So I'm happy. I'm excited for you. I'm excited to talk about Chelsea here again, like today. I'm really like I'm buzzing to just get started. Really, thank you. Thank you guys for coming on sideline insights with Rola to discuss Chelsea. So guys, today we're going to talk about Chelsea. Let's say this topic of this episode is Chelsea Wolves, guys. I mean, do you guys ever feel like, as a football fan, however your club performs for the for that game week affects your mental health throughout that week? I mean, some people say I'm not attached to football, I'm not. The, but it's a lie. Like deep down, you just know that even if for a moment, you don't just feel that happiness when you see your club like crumbling, and that's how most Chelsea fans have felt. I mean, I saw my club go from champions of Europe, champions of the world, to a proper mid-table team. And, you know, as Chelsea fans, we are always bragging that uh, my own club, our banter era, no, they last, this, 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 that. Almost be like our banter era is yet to stay because it's taking so, 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 so long. So, so Shewon, I want you to walk me through that transition of how did we get there from champions of Europe, champions of the world to battling with Wolves for 10th position. Just just take me through that process. Wow, like, as you say, it's like we're kind of the specialist of the 10th position at this point in time. Like, we can't, whatever we do, I think I saw a tweet yesterday about, um, like, we're 1-0 up in the first half against Man City, but something tells me we'll not win this game because 10th is calling us somehow. So... Yeah, it's 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 been a ride, like it's been a sea store, it's been a roller coaster since um Roman um uh, was uh blamed for uh the Ukraine war, Ukraine versus Russia war. Um so when when that happened the club got taken away and a lot of things, a lot of changes happened till till now. Changes have still been happening, the new ownership with boiling and Consortium, Bali. Uh, so it's, it's been a long. Uh, I didn't know something like this would come at Chelsea at this time because at the point I felt Roman was tired. Uh, he has won everything. He has done everything. There was hardly any football structure at the club. It was only Marina and probably Peter Czech. So, but um, there was no like a lot of time. We we as Chelsea fans we kept saying uh, we don't have any scouting. Um, proper scouting system. We don't have any vision as a club anymore. Uh, that was even during uh, the period we won the Champions League and the uh, the FIFA Club World Cup. Um, but in the league, we were fortunate. We were battling for fourth, um, fourth, fifth between those periods and uh, those positions during those periods during Conte and the rest. So um, we all knew that we had to change somehow. So at least the new ownership came and they brought the ideas, they brought the idea of the academy will work, they brought the idea that um, there are a lot of changes will come, they want Chelsea to be a powerhouse again in Europe and things like that. So um, they came in and they, they, they did a lot of things, made a lot of changes, um, bought some, um, at least some serviceable players that you could say are good enough to Chelsea that year, Kubali, Sterling, Fofana, Kukurea, so a lot of these players that can come in and immediately make an impact. So, uh, but the preseason too, as we said before, 
um, it's, uh, it did not bring so much positivity as much as the new ownership kind of brought. So um, that was it to Arsenal. That Arsenal game was kind of a, a foretell of things to come. So it was really um, disappointing. And what followed on from there, especially under Tuko, um, in the first um, first uh, month, two months of the season was really an eyesore. But uh, so, but new ownership got rid of him at the end of the day. Not it didn't take them long to do that. So when did that happen? Um, they brought in Potter, someone that they said that is a long-term coach and everything. So as things maybe started well under him, injuries and a lot of things, even Potter himself, and a lot of things just happened at the same time, and Chelsea just crumbled, right? We, we crumbled, that's the word, because nothing really went well again that season. Generally, they brought a lot of hundreds of players, a lot of players, but a lot of them that were needed, but still bloated the squad at the same time. So we couldn't even put some of them for the Champions League team. So a lot of things just happened that season. We ended the season with Frank, or we, and we, ended, we ended the season with like four or five managers or so, because the amount of turnover was so much, even off the pitch, a lot of turnover that led into the season that Poch came in, as they are new, bigger head of the project in quotes. So we hope we see whether that's still the same case at the end of the season. So we've heard from Shewun speaking about the transition phase from Roman to um, the new ownership to the Bully Consortium. So Talani, to you now, do you think the owners have taken the right decision so far? Or like what were your expectations? Also, what were your expectations going into this season, given that last season was a mess? The sacking with Tuku, the preseason, the transfer, the signing, and everything. Like, what were, what were your expectations going into this new season? Okay, so um, coming into this season, I I was skeptical. Like, I, I didn't want to like hope too high for because we had a lot of moving parts that we just needed to like stay fixed for a while so we can gel together as a team. So I felt. We could do. Uh, we I, I knew that we were not going to get Champions League place. It's not like uh, uh, I saw it or anything, but I just felt like it was too early. But maybe we could do a, a good performance for the season would be sixth, seventh, something of that sort, very close to to the top four. Maybe if 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 Pochettino gets it really right and the boys said to maybe fifth, right? But. Obviously, it has not been the like the reality. But looking back to um, how um, Todd Bowley and the likes and how what the the mistakes or like the the way they've chosen to like to to execute their plans with the club. First of all, you know, I would say um, sacking Tuchel at the time obviously angered a lot of Chelsea fans. And uh, I was pissed too because, you know, everybody was in love with Tuchel for the Champions League and, you know, the the Club World Cup and everything that he did for us, right? But it, 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 was, it wasn't particularly a wrong decision because we it was not like we were playing great football under Tuchel, like, like near the end. It was, there were signs that um, the squad was disjointed and there was no real cohesion and we're not really scoring goals. So when they when they sacked Tuchel, I felt mm, I was pained, but I felt okay. Let let me see who they would um, 
they would replace it and then we started seeing news about grandpa and that was when i just lost it like this is absolutely ridiculous so from there they've made generally they've made um really poor decisions at times and then they've made some fantastic decisions for example although a lot of people might not agree for example part of like the decision that they made that i think they made was like um it, it didn't seem at the time that it was the correct decision or it, or it made sense at the time but stack signing those players that we signed in january like uh was it last year yeah i think it was a great um a great rescue if so to say because you know the markets will keep going up there's no way of, it will keep prices will keep going up so they wanted to sign as much prospect as they you know as they as they have already scouted so i felt it was good some players obviously we shouldn't have signed as as to show but they, they they knew the plan. They saw the plan that they wanted to do. Let's get these young players in and let's start building something ASAP. Let's not, that that's a good plan, right? But the way they executed some of this, the, the the signings and some of the players that they picked, some were wrong for profile, for you know experience, even as as a young player. So they've gotten it right. I can say they've gotten it right like sixty percent. Then they've got forty percent of some of the other decisions wrong. For example, again, going back to the start when when we started, right? There was a lot of change at an institution like like Chelsea, a club that's been successful for like the past twenty twenty one years at the top in the most difficult league in Europe. You don't just break down that structure. You don't you don't just come and then break it down altogether. You try to lean. That was exactly what Manchester City did. Like you know, because Guardiola came, they didn't just break down what they've been doing before. Or like you know, when the owners came, they didn't just. It was not rushed. It was clearly planned and timed and executed with to, like to perfection. So, it, to me, they they should have kept some um, some individuals. Obviously, now we are just learning that Peter Cech actually they wanted Peter Cech to stay and he, he wanted to leave. So those those kind of like. Um, decisions that they made at the time, you know, sacking Bruce Buck, um, the uh, CEO at the time, you should have kept like some experienced head to show you, to actually guide you. You tell them your new plan, they'll tell you how the, how the terrain is, like how to not overpay, like these basic things and how the culture of the club around winning, how you can transmit it into your own era. So, a lot of things that they could have done, that they could have done the other way, they could have done better. You know, but uh, generally, uh, it's been disappointing so far. But you can see that if they get that, in my opinion, their next two key decisions, which would like come up in the next year or two, if they get it right, then Chelsea will be on a very good path for at least the next six, seven years again. But if they may, if they keep getting it wrong, if they let's say they get their next two important decisions wrong, I feel it's just going to be a loop. It's just going to be a loop, and we're going to be stuck on this so but yeah generally i didn't come into the season with um with uh hope of top four or or even challenging for the because that, that's you have to be delusional to actually believe that we can it's not that it's impossible but come on so i didn't think we were going to win the league i didn't even think we we're going to win any trophy i just wanted to see a full season of uh, of the core of the squad that they want to build for the next six seven years i wanted to see them gel together and then you know show that they can like with few years more they can actually challenge for the big trophy so yeah it's been disappointing but yeah that was my expectation coming in i feel like i was the only chelsea maybe i was the only chelsea fan that was expecting a rapid change that oh okay oh, 
this season at least top four i mean i was making out everywhere that at least this is in top four and which brings me to uh, probably our main topic of this particular episode which is pochettino i mean coming into the season appointing pochettino doing massive clear outs in the summer getting him his own players and it just feels like we are not even better than last season Shion, what do you think about that what do you think about Pochettino so far in this season? Because if you look at it, we are like almost at the same point where we were last season when we saw Grand Potter last season. And look at where we are this season again. There's five points, 22 points off top, 22 points away from relegation zone. Did everything just perfectly balanced? Sitting pretty intense. Like we're just comfortable in that tense position and the inconsistency where we've lost so far, only fought to Liverpool, only fought to Wolves at home, embarrassing defeats. You don't even you cannot even go into games and expect that Chelsea will win. It's like they'll just disappoint. So she thoughts on that so far. Um so yeah, I I really liked what you guys have said so far, even Tolani and concerning um what has happened so far in the season. So like um firstly I feel that we have actually slightly improved and um because last season was just a um, I want to use a swear word, but I can't. So, but uh, it was just a bad. Uh, it was the worst you could ever think could happen. Happened. So, like you probably cannot expect much worse now as a Chelsea fan. So, yeah. So it was. It was really terrible. So, like the truth now for me is like, um, uh, Poch. Uh, what the way we started the preseason, I think, raised the expectation of where we should be and and that was like that was a bad thing for us in the sense of um because okay we asked like you said to start expecting okay like this thing could do maybe top four or top four and to be honest if we started the season with some key players that got injured from the first game that or the first two games of the season that we played in preseason I think we'll be in a better position than we are currently. Um, because someone like Luis James that uh, got injured in the first game after having a masterclass, by the way, against Liverpool, like a masterclass and going injured. Like Nkunku that was top in preseason, was getting the shape, getting goals in form, um, was getting confidence and gelling into the team, could not even play the first the first six months of the season, something like that. So we couldn't even play. We got injured in the final preseason game. So um, even Kani, Kani that started the season well, the second game, he scored a goal, got injured. So those three injuries for me really shifted our season in the beginning, from, in my opinion, because the way Poch wanted to play and the way he played in preseason, he, could, he started the season that way. You could see this. You could see a style of play from that Liverpool game. Um, first 20 minutes was um, Liverpool were on top until we now got ourselves. Uh, we dominated from there. So you could see that okay, we have a shape, we have a style of play, we have what we want to do this season. So players like that, especially Kunku and Kanye for me, when they go injured, when because of the way portrayed to play them like um, in between in between the lines between the midfield and the attack so things like that really derailed us so what sports had to think up think about 
TKI system, um, think how it is system throughout that period from August to, set, um, to November or so. So that, that period, we started having a lot of games that we played well, but we could not score enough goals to win the game or not concede enough to, to lose the game. Um, so that period was really interesting because you could still see our style of play was there. Our players, a lot of the young players we put, were actually putting some good games together. Jackson probably too was, uh, you could see he was, he was getting his goals and you could also see what he was doing wrongly and missing chances. It was and, and he's playing a lot of things happened in that period. Um, but another thing that shows that we've kind of improved is our attackers are scoring more goals. If you notice the past three or so years, even while Tuku was here, um, what was the highest goal scorer? Um, Jorginho seven uh, with penalties mostly, um, Mount eleven uh, in 2021-22 season, and I mean twenty. 21-22 season, yes. And who scored the highest last season? Is it Harvard with six or so? So a lot of um, this, well, we hadn't even passed the 10-goal mark. So it was really frustrating to see uh, because it was the kind of play we had. So it's also positive to see that Sterling, I think Sterling was yesterday's goal against Man City. I think he has like six or so. Um, Jackson has seven and like three assists. Palmer has like 10 or 11 goals. So um, our attackers are beginning to score most of the goals that we have. So that's a positive. And um, our defense was a positive early in the season, but now uh, it, did, it, it really became bad because for a lot of reasons. And uh, I, as much as I love him, uh, a lot is on push, honestly, because um, a lot of the decisions, you could say, um, this player does not help him, but he's also choosing the player. And sometimes injuries too, it's not his fault at times. So a lot of things happen at the same time that cause a storm, that causes a storm for us. And uh, we just fall into that storm. So um, so someone like Silva that I love so much, even though you could see that even from the beginning of the season, I talked about it, how much he needed to be phased out. And as we can see recently, I'm, I'm sure if we had someone like Chiwell or a left back available for a while, um, we would have been able to um, improve. Uh, we able to have won most of the, a lot of the games we would have, would have lost, we have lost so far. So things like that. But I can see improvement. And the truth is that Rola and Tolani, like, we might be seeing similar points and similar wins so far from last season at this point. But I don't think it's again worse than this because at that point last season from this period we were losing games losing games steadily so and now it seems that we're already in a happy mood a good spirit uh a good a position of good spirit we've had many positions like this so far but let's ride the wave of the feeling right now so i feel it won't end like that because a lot of these players are better than last season and they are more, they are younger, they have more upside. Last season was filled with a lot of players that wanted to leave. So that one too is part of it. So I think it will end better. Thank you so much. I actually like, liked some of your points where you said that the positive 
one of the positive things from this season is that our attackers are scoring. I mean, guys, we used to be the trenches, though. Hey, anytime I see Kopama, Jackson, uh, Sterling scoring, I'm always very, very glad. And I, and honestly, I'll just give Poch his flowers. So to you, Tolani, now, I mean, we are tense. It's like we are not moving from tense. And to be honest, I think I was on a Twitter yesterday that the moment Chelsea were winning against Man City and we're up to eight, I said, Chelsea will not win this match. Not because I don't want them to win. Because I feel like they want to just claim back the mandate from Wolves. We've heard from Shewun, but I would also like to hear your point of view on overall. Like, uh, I wanted to share your thoughts on Poch tenure so far. Okay. Um, <laughs> I saw your tweet yesterday. I was just laughing. But, um, yeah, it's been disappointing for, from Poch. He has improved, definitely we've improved, like, especially in attack and um, how we attack in a certain, like, in a certain way, right? Poch is the king of transitions. You can't take that away from him. He will skin you alive. If you let him counter you, you are gone. If you, if you let him sit back and then, you know, play on the counter, he loves it. He will just stay there, you know, and, and rip you apart, right? So in that, in that aspect... In in terms of us like quickly attacking the box in some like in some certain games, we we've tried we've tried. It's not been excellent. It's not been good good like that. But we've tried, right? But my problem with Poch, and I've been saying this since the match against West Ham that we lost the second game of the season, is that um, he is not a proactive manager. To me, maybe he was at Tottenham, you know. And and then again, if you if you look back at Tottenham, nobody expected Tottenham to like keep possession back then. Tottenham were not like they knew they could play good football, but like they were they were they were in, sorry they were in, like possession heavy, like we try to be these days, like top fo- football club try to be these days. So he he is not proactive enough to be an elite coach and to be successful in the Premier League right now, to be among top three, top four. That's what you have to be. That's what you have to, like, that's the level you have to operate at. So, if you look at the games that we've lost under him and how we've lost, the pattern that we've like we've played to, to lose those games, the circumstance and everything, it's really been disappointing. Those 10 losses, if you critically analyze each game, we should not have lost more than four or five at max. Let's say we draw one or two. Add three wins to what we have now and we... we some Chelsea fans would be happy that we can at least make the Champions League or whatever. So it's it's been that way, like fine margins, like brilliant man manager. Uh, he, he, the guys obviously look, they play like they like him, you know, so that he has that going for him. And in games where you allow him to like, like against Arsenal, against Manchester City, first leg and second leg, you know, against Liverpool to an extent, you know, in the first leg, Games like that against Tottenham, if you let him play on the counter, he will win or he will at least, you know, try to close out the game. Yeah, we've had issues with our attackers finishing chances. For sure, every team has that. Every team. Look at Ireland yesterday. How many chances did he lose? So that happens. Although Chelsea has been abnormal <laughs> in some ways. He has not really been, he has not really shown, like, that he's proactive. Man-manage games, like, your in-game tactics, your in-game preferences, your in-game substitution in like some key games. For example, the way we lost 
against West Ham was the same way we lost against Nottingham Forest. That one new uh, loss at home. The way we lost against Nottingham Forest was the same way we lost against um, Aston Villa. These guys just sat back and then we couldn't break. So if you have a manager at the top level, you have a manager that four or five games with the same team, you can't break down a low block. You've had your first try, you failed. Second try, like third, fourth, like that. Against Brentford, the same thing. And like you look at that and then you say, and then you think it's it's not really what you expect of a top coach or a, a guy that can actually, you know, stay long at a top club or achieve big things. So, yeah, that's been my problem with him. It's just been that he, he has not, to me, he's outdated. I've said it like countless of times. Like he's outdated. His tactics, are, some of his, his tactics are outdated. So, yeah, is for 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 him to have like improved our attack, um, improved our stats to an extent, like the way we create chances now has changed a little bit. Yeah, I like it. Like, it's definitely like you can't compare with last season. Last season was like hell. So yeah, he has improved us in some ways in the way we work out. Like the the guys work hard on the pitch a lot. If if you check the stats, we cover a lot of grounds. We have we average like four point nine shot on target per match. You know, so it's not like we we don't create, but it's just the quality of chances that we create during games that is questionable. The attacking patterns are not there. The lines are not there. Like the way you see a typical Arsenal, you know, they know what to do in attack. They know when to give Saka the ball. They know Odegaard knows when to key in Trossard or to play in. So those those lines, those um, those manage, managerial input in attack. No manager will tell you how to play like a shot in attack or how to dribble. No, it's not that. It's the lines. Like, how are we penetrating? What is the next move? What is the plan B? What is the plan C? If that doesn't work, like, if these guys have figured this one out in game, like, just being active tactically, I think that has been my like my the bane of his of his season so far, Chelsea. Yeah, so that's my take on him. He has been really disappointing in that area. But some other areas, I'd like to give him credit because he's tried. Yeah. If you look at our game against City yesterday, I mean, I've been a big critic of Poch all season, man. His in-game management to me has not been impressive so far. And some people say that if um, you give Pochettino a proper striker, we will be so much better than where we are right now. But do you guys like actually agree with that statement? Or Because I actually feel like our players are very likable, they are coachable, they can do better than things. So, I'm going to ask you guys this question, just point blank. Should Pochettino continue with Chelsea next season? Yes or no? Tolani, I want you to answer first. Uh, no. 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 You shouldn't. You shouldn't. Tenth is unacceptable. Uh, if you finish tenth or like with the way we are playing, I, like I see some games that we, we've typically lost over the season. And if it continues like that, no, no, no. You shouldn't. Generally, you shouldn't. You should get a new manager next season. Shemu, do you agree? I, I can't just say yes or no because I, at the end of the season, oh, no. I yes no. you must say yes or no. <laughs> you, must yes or no. <laughs> you must pick a side. You must pick a side. Okay, I would say, I would say, is, is it Pochettino? Should he continue? Right? That's the question. Yes. Yeah, that's okay, the question. Yeah, uh, I'll say no. Your reasons? Um, uh, uh, normally, like now, people say court should go now. I would say it should not go now because there's no point in starting him and letting him finish the season 
And to me, these players are actually in poch right now, these kind of players. Um, and a lot of things that happened, and Potters had this particular uh, but a lot of things are not said about the inexperience, as much as people do start their side. I want to say inexperience, it's, it's part of it, but the lack of game knowledge of a lot of these players, it is so much sorely lacking. As, as much as Poch um, still has some ability tactics, totally so right side, there are some ability tactics that he has, but a lot of these players need to grow in the knowledge of the game. Uh, have you noticed Mujik has not stepped on the pitch for three for three game weeks? <laughs> when, you, when you notice that, but you know that. Let me say something yeah. real quick. Do you know that I feel like Mudrik's development? I'm not. Saying, I feel like part of his low key, part of his uh, misdevelopment. Like watch that. Sometimes, if this guy should score an assist in a game, the next game he's not starting, and now push push tell that tell us that he's not ready. What's going on? You do, you're not rewarding him. You're not giving him the consistency. How is he going to improve on the bench? What's going on? Yeah, it's funny, you know. Like uh, actually. There was a period that he, he was doing that when he scores or when he had a good game, he kind of go on the bench. And to be honest, like I feel if he's doing that, um, there's even a period I think when he started like four or five games straight, uh, until maybe injury started and so But like I feel a lot of the young players, that's that's also one good thing of a few good things what has done this season, the way has handled them. Like um, now. What is trying to show you that they are not up to the level yet. They are not. They are not at it now. Uh, that at this period now, Noni was also starting. Noni had his uh, mostly his mistake. Uh, it's actually it was terrible. But that mistake was a terrible moment. And the Premier League, any moment that is bad, any, anything can punish you. And so, in a way, Noni also has been punished for his in that sense. So. A lot of these young players need growing and it's hard to grow in this kind of environment. Like when you are growing and someone like Rola will come and tell you that you are not good after a match or totally yeah, no. Just in we we are also we know we're harsh environments. Yeah, we are we are used to grading and it's not our fault, we're used to grading and we're used to a lot of this. So yeah, so I think the reason why I also say post can go out here this is is because I feel there's a technical we have a higher technical level than before and um i like the approach as we still have what i totally said on them now so if you combine the two and uh, with a um much consistent better structure what has put some good structures in this point has not been consistent and something that i work put by joe for most of reasons injuries to his fault and there but at times too i wonder like why did you change this that was working? So uh, we need something of a consistent structure that can get the best out of a lot of these players. You might not see the best of them sometimes and now as they're still young, you might still see inconsistency, but imagine someone that focuses on the strengths of the technical um, ability of a lot of these players like Enzo and Caicedo. Um, I like what I saw yesterday against Manchester in the way we use them to come out of the press, things like that. We need to see that every game because we, we have the technical ability now. So I think um, coaches like Javi Alonso, as much, Javi Alonso as much as he's young and me, I'm, I'm ready to hold on to any coach as long as I'm showing me there's a right hand to return. I'm, I, I'm happy to hold on. So when this is of winning trophy immediately, we are, we are ready to wait as long as we have um, 
head coach Dr. Henry today. So someone like him, some someone like all these other coaches, I like Miguel uh, and Girona. So but something still tells me Port will still be here next season, in my opinion. So but uh, I'm hoping for let's see what happens at the end of the season. But I think we finish at tenth in my opinion. God, Sean, I don't like that your statements. Nothing will make Port be here next season. Okay, I will just say <laughs> <laughs> Nothing in this life should make Port remain here next season because I am tired of complaining. I feel like we need a new, like we just need a working structure at this club. Because when I look at my players, my players are much, much, much better than Taint. In fact, I can count like only three uh, clubs in the league have better midfield than us. And look at what we are doing. What are we doing? So, anyways, still on this Chelsea topic, let's talk about a very controversial um, name among our fan base right now, which is Thiago Silva. People feel like Thiago. I used to say that we are not in that situation where we can easily face out Silva yet. That's how I used to feel like until the Crystal Palace game, because I watched that game keenly, and I saw that Thiago Silva was taking so much touches, so much time to pass the ball where we needed urgency. To move the ball as soon as possible, and I'm like, okay, I'm, they're probably right. I'm done with Silva. Can maybe Silva can go. So, Danny, do you actually agree that it is time for Silva to leave, or we are not yet there where we can actually just face him out yet? Yeah, yeah. See, yeah. this thing I've been tweeting it since last year, last season, I think, um, because you know when I when when I watch games and we lose that game. Sometimes I go back to the, like the club's website when I'm free, of course, and then I watch the game again, <laughs> just to see who to come and curse out on my Twitter, <laughs> you know, something like that. But I've been saying it since last season that Thiago Silva, especially that game against Brighton that we lost, um, I think four two that he made like two big errors. I I've been saying, he number one, he slows down our build up, like you are not Jorginho. Come on. Pass the ball and let's just move on. Let's just move on. You don't need to direct. Because these people, you are pointing, you are trying to direct from where you are. They are not fools. They are looking at you. They are looking at the shape you want to turn to, like what you want to do. Of course, they are ready to like get the ball. It was evident like against um, against West Ham early in the season. And it was, I think, against Nottingham Forest. Back-to-back games, I think, that we lost. So, you, you are not... You are not a midfielder. You are not... George. In, in fact, this guy doesn't do that. Um... Um, Enzo Fernandez. He doesn't. I like him for that because he doesn't try to over, you know, over direct. He just plays the pass. He looks up, picks uh, an option, plays the pass. Thiago Silva slows us down. Number one, he doesn't have pace that much again, obviously because of his age. And then, I think sometimes if you check him like very well, sometimes he tends to, like up out of like some some tackles that could be rash. Not the way, like, if you check this Assis game, for example, now, yesterday, he was not opting out of anything. He was, like, Rudiger, that kind of player, they, they, don't, they don't opt out of anything. They try to, like, you know, be as quick as possible to deal with stuff. Thiago Silva, you know, his legendary status, like, has been cemented already. Nobody can take that away from him. He likes to read a lot. And because of his pace, because how he has lost pace, the, the reaction time for him, has gotten longer. So I feel opponents sometimes take advantage of that. But you know what? 
I love him a lot. Like this is this is a man that I I literally adore. Like I love him too much to even like say nobody can say anything wrong to me about. I will not even listen to you, right? But I see flaws in his game, like the the how he affects us, the way he plays the game has changed. So because I loved him, I said, okay, this is maybe we should just chill a bit, you know. But I knew I've been I've been saying it since last year that. He slows down our game. We don't need that, especially when we are so poor in breaking teams down, teams that are defending. You don't need to take um, three, four, six touches or try to uh, wiggle and throw. Really pass. Look at Manchester City defenders. They don't really think that much. You just pass. Keep it moving because that's how you catch opponents out. That's how you pick um, people up, like apart. That's how you pick a team apart. Like um, Shane said, and I totally, I was nodding my head here. Like I was agreeing like, our technical level has increased massively. We don't just sign, apart from maybe our midfielders that sometimes we sign, someone uh, tag them. Sometimes we like signing Jagu Jagu midfielders. <laughs> midfielders like Galaga, like people that run and stuff. But yeah, it, it's, we, we've we increased our technical level like like Kopama, players like Kopama, like Gusto, like Jackson, like Nkunku, like, you know, Players like that, Enzo and, and Kaisedo. So we have players that can actually still hold on to the ball and do something. With, not like we have a team f- filled with like chill wheels and stuff. So pass the ball, keep it moving, let the build-up be quick so we don't get caught out. But it doesn't do that, does it? So I feel it's time to go. It's, 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 it's obviously time to go. So yeah, that's, that's just my take. I don't think I need to ask Sheung about Thiago Silva because I always seen it on X that Sheung has been saying that Thiago Silva should leave. This should be this should be his last season. So Sheung, if Thiago Silva should leave, who is your ideal centre back to replace him? Ah, that is that's a jam question. Twenty twenty four. Because <laughs> um. Well, okay. As in, when, you, when you ask me who should replace him, I'll probably not answer you, but when you tell me what kind of profile we should replace him with. Okay, what kind of profile should we replace him with? Um, I wish, I, number one is if the profile was available, and if the profile uh, that I'm talking about was there, we would not need to buy anybody. It was fit, if it was fit, sorry, that's what, it, we would not need to buy any centre-back again, because that profile is, is for far now. Uh, so the kind of profile I'm talking about is that, um, firstly, for centre-backs, you are trying to look for, even me, I'm, me personally, I'm a centre-back. I play um, centre-back as a semi-professional. I, I don't know why I say semi-professional in a way, because um, I also play football too. So as a centre-backs, as centre-backs, what we are taught is that as one, it's, it's kind of common knowledge, right? As one goes to close, the other... Uh, covers right the other covers behind and that's kind of common knowledge from any in any level of football so the intricacies are higher are different at top level too they are higher so but um what the issue we had with silver and um the sassy is that both defenders are defenders that like to cover behind cover their partners they don't like to close um, attackers like get close to attackers before the ball gets to them, they are already sticking to them like glue, whether they get it or not. But they already stopped the attacker from turning easily. So things like that. So the, we need a centre back that can do that, coming, um, going close to attackers quickly before the ball even comes. They are already sticking like glue. 
Yeah, aggressive front-footed. That's what we call like front-footed attacking. We need something like that. A defender that can close um, close down um, attackers quickly so that the other cover. We have a lot of players, a lot of defenders that can cover um, space. Not like um, the speed and this, but cover space behind them. Um, Disassi can do that. Even Silva can do that. Yeah, Silva has to change his game, obviously. So, but Silva can do that. Um, Kobe can do that. And even Badeshili like, Bade can do that as well. So, but so, with someone like Badeshili and Kuro, at least I can see good strides. And this is before he even came, um, Badeshili. He can also do that front footed defending as well. I saw it in Monaco so much that uh, at times he gets torn by attackers too. But he has improved in that aspect too as well when he came in. Kuro too has learned how to do that, especially. Um, at Brighton, he was mostly covering as well. Dunk was doing a lot of the closing, but um, now he has also adapted his game as a proof that that left back helped. Um, but we, Fofana, that's why Fofana is like the perfect centre back for us, and it's so terrible that he's injured. And we also need a centre back that can also carry the ball, can carry the ball over long distance. Instead of we, look, we have a lot of passers, but the Kuro Disassi can all pass yeah. comfortably. This, yeah, long, long passes. And it's not as if Fofana can do that too. He's okay. He's very good at that too. But Fofana is someone that can carry the ball. Um, that can carry, like, carry the stots and disorganizes and presses as much as you can. Like, without, that's why, in a way, um, the, uh, the only thing I miss from Kovacic, that's the only thing. I Kovacic is, is a lot of things, but that's the only thing that is very, very good at. And that kind of thing, we miss it in Mitchfield as well, but um, we need that carrying in defense too. So I wish we could get some. I like Todibo. I like Todibo too. Um, we'll be looking at Diomande, but uh, he might be too young yet. He might still be a bit um, young. It's time to get I saw how well, Osimhen will give any defender a tough time. It's a good experience too. So, but. Um, uh, it's also it's also not a bad, not it's not it's very good to a lot of upside twenty years. So there are a lot of defenders that we can look for, but the profile is very very important if we want to replace Silver. So before we go into our last topic talking points for today, I'm going to ask you guys to tell me your top three Chelsea performances, top three Chelsea players via performances this season. So Tolani, I want you to go first. Top three Chelsea players this season. Performance-wise. Um, so uh, number one is uh, okay. Number three, let me start from. <laughs> yeah, I think that that is um, who would I put at number three? I already know my top two, but I, I just want to see where I can sneak in there. I'd say Galaga number three, I mean, because <laughs> as much as we I'm like to, that. as what what chill now, <laughs> let him <three>. land. <laughs> no. As much as as much as we like to, you know, say like talk about his technical level, which is you know very very questionable, like so, but you can see like he gives his all truly, like he, he really. Yesterday was I was just like, whoa, he really runs for the team, and I know he's going to be phased out soon. This is Chelsea. He's go- look, he's going to happen. He's going to be phased out because what you what um Shell mentioned um about a career. I feel we lack we've lacked that also this season in some ways because Enzo is okay but he's not excellent at that, right? 
So I feel it's going to be phased out for a carrier that can also create that has like an eye for a pass. So basically, he has covered a lot of grounds. Like Chelsea were telling, they tried to tell Australia this week. So he deserves to be on there. Really, in my opinion, he deserves to be on there. So number two is um uh, I want to say Disassi. I'm torn between Disassi and um, Enzo. So I'll go Disassi, right? Because because this guy has taken a lot of sh- I don't want to use the, the bad word, but so I, I, so I hope you're not like basing it on yesterday's game because no, Disassi has no. been like people that people have criticized the most, like any small mistake. Yes, I'm aware. I'm aware, right? But okay. um, when you are playing in a team like Chelsea, when you are playing in a team like Chelsea, that you just came in, like, you know, you don't know the league, you don't know anything. And think about it, he has been a mainstay and he has played many positions. And you don't, you can't just get him down, basically. You cannot. No matter what you guys say, you will make that mistake. And then next game, you see, like, he's, he's been there. He's been there. Enzo has let criticism get to him once or twice this season. If you, if you check his game, like he has, you can you can see that sometimes, especially during that. I think was it that November period, he was really down. That they were talking about maybe an injury or like spat with Pochettino that that time. So, but Disasi has just carried on. He just I, I feel he has that personality that he just doesn't care. You know, he has I have liked him like the way he performed this season. Some very very questionable decisions. He was awful at right back, but did he stop? He just kept doing what he do, like knows how to do. So me, I like that in a player. When when like all the ups are down, when everything is down, but you are just being consistent, maintaining a level, although it might not be the optimal level, but like you know what you, you know what the limit is. Like how it wouldn't drop so low, but it might not perform that high, but it wouldn't drop so low. So yeah, because we've had an average season, he's been that guy. So number two, the Sassy. I could like I really could have put like two other people there, but for the, I'll go with the Sassy. So number one, obviously, come on, everybody knows. <laughs> if you have another number one, Boy, stop Star Cole. <laughs> if you have another a number one, apart from Cole Palmer, you support another team. So yeah, it's Cole Palmer because this guy, I was against the signing, like really, I was against. I was like, what? I knew. See, I knew we had tech because I watched. I, like I knew he was technical, like he could dribble because he was lanky, and he caught my attention. Maybe in one UCL game like that, I was like, "Who is this guy?" So I knew he was lanky, but I thought he didn't have any goal. Like at, at that time, we already have enough kids, so why not get? I was pushing for Goncalves at um, Sporting. That like, this guy can score, he's experienced. That let's get somebody like that, or maybe even Kudus, like somebody that could shoot. You know, I was pushing for some somebody that could like push us to like drag us to like win games but he has come and he has just shut me up and I love that I want to be wrong if I'm criticizing you or I'm saying something bad about especially by a Chelsea player I want to be wrong about you prove me wrong I will I don't care I, I don't run agenda I really don't care just prove me wrong and then I'm singing your praise the next minute so I love Palmer that yesterday that that um the um the what's it called? What do you call this skill now? I think the nutmeg that he gave Alvarez. I was just so hyped. If you, I was just shout. It was embarrassing actually. I was so happy. Come on, you know, he's that type of player that he, he, he can give you instances of like that, and then he's also so calm around the box. He knows what he wants to do. He can faint, can dribble, he can really work out for the team. What else can you ask more? Like from 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 a forty million or thirty five million signing. 
He's been excellent. Number one for sure for me. Yeah, so he's been he's been good. <laughs> Number one. Palmer. So Palmer, Disassi. Yeah. Those are my top three. Paris said that yeah. Palmer is the type of player that you just admire from afar. And I don't want him on my club, but guy, I love him so much. Can we buy more old Palmer in our club? <laughs> I really, really like that lad. Uh, so, Shemu, can I have your top three? Okay, so um, my third is like um, because of especially this recent surge. Nasi does not like um, twelve years. Nasi does not have good performances earlier in the season, but for the way the team was. Might not see him. So Disassi slightly misses out. So Enzo is my third. And Enzo was comfortably third top three earlier this season for me. But he slipped down because of a lot of things. His performances dropped and you could, and I think there was an injury involved. I forgot the name of the injury. I remember yesterday. But um he, he had a kind of injury, legal injury. That has been playing with so Ezra is almost a kind of iron man that plays every single game and you probably hardly see a drop in performance and things like that but you could see that period that uh is it was not at speed and i think Poch mentioned this that um Enzo, you could play Enzo deeper but um you wanted to do that but you also know Enzo can do a lot more but he wasn't fit to be going up and down as he did. But now, see, Enzo is galloping in the 94th minute against Crystal Palace. I was like, wow, that's uh, the fitness for Enzo has really improved. So, uh, and, but Enzo is just, that's just fitness, but Enzo is just, wow, like he's passing and he's shooting, he has nice scoring now. And so happy for that. That free kick that he scored against Aston Villa, my goodness. I, I probably haven't seen. And I've seen a lot of free kicks. I've seen Messi. I've seen Junior. And but that free kick was one of a kind. Like that's top tier. Like you could play for a long time and you get an opportunity. So um Enzo has stepped up. And another thing that is not said much is Enzo has also stepped up in terms of leadership. And you could see uh, against Villa how uh even against Palace, you see he was he it is one taking initiatives on the ball, trying to do a lot more, especially now that it's deeper tactically. Uh, that's a good um, trick by Poch. Um, like, especially the Enzo and corner debate that we had earlier this season on positioning. So Enzo is taking things, matters into his hands, but in a, in a way that helps the team. You know, you can take matters into your hands and you might not help the team, but that's what Enzo is doing. So Enzo is my third. Uh, for my second, now this guys get tricky. It gets tricky because um, as much as, uh, in fact, I want to say two of them are number one, but uh, someone has to come second. So I'll give Connor, and it's just, it's, he just misses out on first. So, but Connor is my second. And like, firstly, uh, the first thing that you can notice about Connor this season is his technical level has gone up as it has gone up because i remember last season he could not even control the ball to save his life it was it was terrible i was like ah this is not like the corner I expected from 
And you can see that, yeah, you have some technical limitations, but at least when it comes to the box, it becomes Lewandowski and everything just falls into place. He knows how to make his space, he knows how to use one touch to get uh, free of his marker and everything. But we would never say that uh, nothing of that sort, and even in the mystery last season. So I'm so glad the way he started the season, uh, it was, it, if not, it's a lot of the time. He was turning, he has been turning presses, he has been on the half turn, he has beaten his players, and uh, like you still have some of those moments that yes, he will still control the ball badly, you have some of those moments, but there are actually maybe once, maybe one, and it's normal, yes, but like you have the ball 100 times in the game, you'll probably make a mistake a few times, but you can see his technical level has gone up, and now he's, had, he's adding goals to his game. Back is adding goals back to his game. I would say like that because um, when you have and when you have someone that runs as much that covers the ground, it's like two players on the pitch. If you remember how County was, yesterday he was both backing the centre back, maybe centre back at this side on one side. Then he'll go again to the other side and mark the other side. I was like, wow, I'm lucky to have this guy because in this kind of game, that's invaluable. So. Connor has been outstanding in the sense of the word. His tackling, his ability to tackle self, like people just say running around, but it takes ability to know how to tackle his tech. He's also technical ability. Tackling is also another aspect of ability, technical ability, if you want to go into that technical ability debate. So, but he's been outstanding and he just misses out on first place and he can still get it back. Let's see what happens next week, Connor. My on you. Um, so number one, number one, like, and I'm not one of those that actually said, what, who is this and everything, but I was like that for just a split second, right? because I was expecting, we went from Uziala, like a potential of getting Uziala to um, someone I don't really know about. So I was like, who is this guy first? As the moment I saw that news, I straight away went to start looking at him. Looking at what he is, and, and the game he looking for totally is that game against Club Bruja. That game that yeah. he came on, I think, and he gave an assist. I don't know where I scored. I think he scored, yes, right? Yeah, I think he scored. I can't remember, but yes, but he also, and apart from that, he was just spraying through balls like to Sterling. I think Sterling missed, and it was really, and when I watched him and watched him, I was like, Wow, the, the board, the scouting team has, they have, they have killed it. And that's when everybody was saying, um, it's not good, it's not, not that it's not good, who is this? We wanted someone more because of the kind of um, back um, build up that had happened. I said that we want to bring a creative player and all that. So, and I was like, wow, that, where did they see this guy from? How did they notice him so much, as much as he didn't play at City? So, because when I saw, it was like everything he wants in an attacking midfielder, someone that can pass the ball, that can, and the delicate passes, it, it just, it just caresses the ball at times. Um, it's, it's just the technical ability is so high that you, you could just know that when the ball comes to him, whatever form, he's controlling that ball, he's, he's turning his mind, he's, he knows what he's doing with the ball after. And you could see it in the goal against City yesterday. The way he has the, the connection between Jackson is improved as well. So you could see that when Jackson flicked it immediately, 
gave him back his space. The time Gusto made that run, he gave him back, he gave him the true ball. He, he, that nutmeg was crazy, and and he doesn't just he, everything goes at his own pace. And his pace is like he, he looks slow, as if he's on the, he looks as if he's slow, but his mind is crazy fast, like going 100 miles per hour. But he's just taking his time because he knows he has all the time he wants. If he doesn't have it, he will make time for himself. So that's it's just crazy. Someone that also, as much as the ball, he feels like a ball to fit player. But this guy, when he, he when he runs in behind for you, like see the goal against moves, the time he just from zero to hundred, he just recognized the space in front of him and went. I should have give him a brilliant ball too. So he's just an all-round wonderful player. His ball striking to top top, and that's why he's getting. And the way he arrives in the box, I said earlier this is he was not doing it, but now later I started getting it. He has also started finishing with his weak foot. So what can't he do at this point in time? He just and the way his consistency for a 21-year-old is absurd. I've not seen it before. Only probably Mbappe and a few of these others. Haaland, like you call that kind of consistency. It's just that as bad as we are in the team, it doesn't get as much recognized as a team that are doing well. So I want us to do well next season as much, and even the rest of the season. Let him get recognized because at this point, I feel. Is a is a contender for team of the season as much as Chelsea has been. Yeah, like even PFA young player. Hundred percent PFA young player. Who else will take it? <laughs> Anyways, thank you, thank you so much. Me, my own top three Chelsea players are Palmer, Ezo Palmer. I don't want to hear anything. Nobody, nobody stress me. Palmer Enzo Palmer. <laughs> Please. <laughs> Anyways, we are playing our first final next week. First final in, is it two years? Yes, two years. I mean, Chelsea has always been that club that would have bragged, would have said, ah, Omar, we, we cannot um, go two years two years without winning a trophy and yes we have finally got into that stage again where we can almost brag with that statement again if we beat Liverpool in the Carabao Cup final next week at Wembley so to you now totally can I have your predictions and where you think the game can be won and if we can actually win that game I mean Liverpool have injury problems now Chelsea also have injury problems so like so like we are just we are square one one. So and given that the way we lost to Liverpool at Anfield woefully. So can I have your predictions and where you think the game can be won for Chelsea? Um this is a very difficult one because there's a clear answer, right? But let let's let me try to let me try to, you know, analyze the situation, like just say what I feel or think. So basically that game. Um, it's going to be very tough, number one, because forget that Liverpool have injuries. You saw them against um, against um, Brentford. These people don't care. They, there's a way they play. There's a way they play that they don't really need all their players to be dangerous, right? And against Chelsea, that's all you need to be. You just need to be dangerous, like craft a few chances. Probably uh, one person will have the bozo moment if it's not Kaiser. You understand? But Let's say, you know, 
finals are always very different. You, you can close the gap like so fast in 90 minutes, like like we saw yesterday. So I'd say the game will be won. Not in midfield. Liverpool don't care about that. <laughs> it will be won like in defense. How strong can we stay? Like how much can we like limit Liverpool? Because I feel that if we can limit the amount of chances, not even, not I, I feel they, they will probably get a goal, right? But if you can, like, really limit the amount of chances we let them create, because that's where, that's where you want to stop Liverpool. Those crosses from coming in, those Salah runs, you want to block as much route as you, as much route as you can. That's where the key is for me. Is is at the edge of our own box. Maybe Poch has some brilliant idea that I don't know of that he can surprise us with that day. But that's still the way I'm seeing that the game will be played a lot at the edge of our own box. If he's sensible, though, if he wants to go out, fine. If he wants to go out and attack, it will be very, like, it will be a bad idea, but fine. That's his, that's his own cup of tea. I could don't want him to stay beyond <laughs> So, like, I'll be pained, but it helps my case to see him leave at the end of the season. But, but for real, if if we are if we are like if it's yeah. a top manager, a top game, and you provide like a top tactics for that game, is us just trying to defend our box and trying to cut Liverpool off. Maybe a little bit high so we don't see too because they they can shoot too. Yeah, hello, they can they can yeah. shoot very well. So yeah, so basically, I'd say I, I I want to say Liverpool will win, but the Chelsea fan in me. I don't I don't give up when it comes to final. Like I've seen it done, we've done like multiple times. So I'm saying we will play one one during full ninety minutes and then Petrovic will somehow show us what Kepa failed to show us like a couple years ago and then Airpods win pens. So yeah, that's basically how I feel. It's not ideal for my health, but you know, that's basically how I feel the game will go at Amen. best for us. Yeah. Amen to that. Amen to that. Amen. Amen. <laughs> so, Shemo, can I have your own predictions and where you think the game will be won for Chelsea? Firstly, I would like to say, like, Tolani read the scripts. Like, Tolani, who showed you the scripts? He actually read the scripts <laughs> of that final. <laughs> so, uh, like, to me, and in that, in that sense, I feel, firstly, one thing you will see, and you will not like this, is I think Rob Sanchez will start. I think we'll start as we start, guys. I actually think so. And that's the day I will triple my Pochettino agenda if I see Sanchez. <laughs> if I see Sanchez as number one at Wembley, I will lose my shit, guy. <laughs> and and I, and I will tell you why Rob Sanchez will start. I also tell you why uh, if it doesn't like if it doesn't work in 19 minutes, then that's when. You now bring your Petrovic to save our penalty um, blushes. So, but I'll, the reason why Sanchez will start is because if you notice, one of the things that went wrong against us in Liverpool, at Liverpool, amongst other things, is this, the fact that we could not play out. Do you know what helped us in that first game uh, against Liverpool? And I also did also something. The only thing so far that I disagree with Tolani today is that the way we will play. I don't think we'll camp in too. I don't think we'll camp in our... I don't think we'll stay... I don't think we'll stay most of the time defending because the time we did that against Liverpool, we're timid. 
in Anfield and the Anfield crowd got to us. It, it definitely did. The occasion got to us. But now, what helps us is that we are neutral. We are on a neutral ground, and especially when we saw how we played against Liverpool earlier in the season, when we took, when we were brave, like yesterday, we could see when we were brave, Man City could not touch us. We were holding the ball. Man City could not even press us. We have the ability. We have the technical ability. The players have. The players have seen now that, uh, like, if we believe in ourselves, nobody can. There's even though we are the best team in the world, we can't really touch us. So. And what will help us is, as much as Liverpool press, when we play out of that press, there's a lot of space. You know, there's a lot of space in behind them. And when we can do that, when you get out of that initial press, that's when someone like Obama will be invaluable and with his passing. So that's what we, I think that's what we'll see. So the question now is, hopefully we can finally take our chances enough to not worry about Liverpool at the other end. Because... Uh, it's almost certain Liverpool could score. I like, could would score. So um, unless we kind of put in a defensive masterclass without mistakes, that that's probably not the head of that um, the rivals 2012 Chelsea in Barcelona. So against Barcelona. So that if we can do that, then. But with this Chelsea now, you can expect maybe just one goal or so that kind. But with the mentality of the team of being brave. I think we would we would take the game to Liverpool. Definitely, it's a final. Poch wants to do that, and the team will do that. The team looks they look full of confidence. Enzo and Caicedo will be instrumental. Gusto on like in getting out of that press. The Sassi and Co. So we have the technical ability. We have the long passing. We have everything to beat Liverpool. But can we take our chances? That's still something we have not been able to do consistently. If we can be able to take our chances we will win that final. And that's when you now we need someone like Rob Sanchez. Sanchez, as much, he has mistakes in him, yes. And uh, I will still point to the fact that if you see, if you have watched Man City's last few games, you can see Ederson also has a mistake in him. And he still has. Alisson, you have seen it every season. Alisson definitely has a mistake in him. But why did they persist? Why is it never, as, what, like, why is he never talked about as much as, well, they are shortstopping is, well, Ederson, I don't know, like, you won't say elite shortstopping, but for Alisson, you can say elite shortstopping and 1v1s. But you could see that the style of play works. It's better to keep the ball on the floor, play through the press, than kicking it long for no reason. And that's what Petrovic does under any form of pressure. And... As much as people love him, I like as um, uh, maybe you could say that I've been, I've been, um, there are some players that have a soft spot for, so I might not analyze them the best way, but I could see, I, I will know what is wrong, but I'll hardly say it like out as much as people do. So, but when it comes to love these players, I've not, really, I've not really gotten so much attached to it. I can see a lot of things through. Uh, thank God I saw Silvers on early in season two, but so in that sense, Petrovic hasn't shown that he can keep the ball ticking, especially when at least they, when they pressure him, he notice that he just kicks it long. If you notice that first um, 10 minutes against City, when they did that and he kicked it long, Jackson, you could see Jackson immediately turn to him that what did you what was that? That don't just kick it without aim, please. And if you notice the next few minutes, Petrovic started at least shifting it to the side. And you get it was not really 
because it will not work against City. Only if Jackson can help out in that sense. If you want to kick it longer times, you can kick it with aim, kick it with um with direction, so that you can at least maybe Jackson can help out at least he's improving his back to go game. But against Liverpool, if you play out of their press, you have got seen them. So it's just for us to get the chances. So and that's what Rob will help with. Yeah, there are a lot of reports that Rob was meant to start yesterday's game, if not for a personal problem. And the way Poch even said it after the game, it sounded like it was him that was ready to start. Like so, uh, that's why I feel we start on this game. And hopefully Sanchez also has a game without mistakes because when he's also an an above average short uh, stopper as well. And Petrovic is not actually far from him in short stopping. That's the truth. If you check the stats as well. So, but I won't say Sanchez is like the best keeper, but for now, for our needs, especially in that final, I think he should start. And I think he will. Um, also, predictions. Yeah, I can hear you. Also, also, very, very, like, very shortly. I, I didn't, I said it right, like, we should, def- we should try and defend, but I was trying to focus on, like, where the game would be won. I feel like that's the like that would be a very important area for us when Liverpool are attacking. Sure. I'm not saying we should we should um, sit back for 90 minutes. Obviously, that doesn't <laughs> you, you we all watched the game yesterday and we saw how it unfolded. Yeah. So yeah, and again, yeah. you you can't really do that against Liverpool because Liverpool they don't really care that much about you. They don't care. They move and they shoot. They do everything. So you can't really stop them by, by sitting back. But the the point I was trying to make or trying to make clear was that that line, the you know the Salah line, if 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 you can like visualize what I'm trying to say, the Salah the Salah, um, I am Arnold that space, like that our defensive third, that's that our last line, that's that's where I feel, that is where I feel like the game, that's where I feel we can like win the game if we can keep them out as much, then maybe if we score one goal. And they get their one goal, or maybe the score, and they get their one goal, something like that, chef. Yeah. So basically, that was what I meant. Oh yeah, I get you. I get you now. Yeah. And you're right. Like he's always a mistake. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They're always yeah. so quick. See that down in units. Like they're always very quick to like punish you. They want to link up and throw the ball up and jump and do this. Liverpool <laughs> are very, very, very flexible. Uh, Chelsea, you didn't drop your prediction. Oh, okay. Um, my prediction is, uh, like, I, I think I'll go safe. I'll stay with Tottenham's 1-1 <laughs> or 1-1 and yes, because I think that's what might happen. All right, guys. Thank you guys for joining me on this special episode of Chelsea, Chelsea, Chelsea. So I'm just going to give my guests the opportunity for them to drop their social media handles in case they... In case you have any controversial opinion to whatever they have said so far today, social, you can go first, your Twitter handle, your IG handle, anyone who wants to put out there. You guys can find me at um, Shell Mobology. I actually have a second account. I'm trying to push content to it a lot because I want to also grow that page as well. So at M-O-B-Y-C-H-E as well. So those are the two accounts I have. Uh, yes, yeah, so I do a lot of tactical trends on um, the games and everything like that. So it pains me when we lose, but I try to do it as well. 
I'm Tolani. What about yeah, you? So you can you can find me on um, on at round leather guy on 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 Twitter. That's basically all I do. I do just do Twitter. And um, if you want to if you want to cry after we've lost, if you want to complain, I'm here. I'm always here to like encourage you. Let's cry together. Just, <laughs> <laughs> let's just complain and push agendas together. I'm always there. Okay, so yeah, that's my Twitter handle. Alright, guys, we have come to the end of this episode. Thank you guys for always listening. Thank you for always sticking with me or is it by me? Anyone? Thank you guys for your support so far. And don't forget, you can reach out to me via mail at sidelineinsightsvitrola at gbo.com. I will see you in the next episode. Bye for now. Mm-hmm.